You're listening to New Spring Radio with Hector Velarde, pastor of Calvary New Spring Church in San Antonio, Texas. Let's see what Jesus does. Look at verse 41. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. Are you kidding me? He touched him, he did. And not only did he touch him, he said, I am willing to be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. I draw your attention to that first phrase that says he was moved with compassion. When you read about people who suffered from leprosy in the Bible, it's important to realize how they were viewed by society. Lepers were ostracized and pushed out of society. They were viewed as unclean and they weren't allowed to touch anyone. In today's message, Pastor Hector will be sharing about the compassion of Jesus. It was the compassion of Jesus that moved him to touch the leper. This is the kind of compassion that Jesus still has today for people who are close and far from him. Now, here's Pastor Hector in the book of Mark chapter one, as he continues his message, The Power of Prayer. You see, Jesus had just spent time in communion with the Father, and I have to believe that that's where he received direction. Don't go back. Don't go back. For the time being, we know he will go back. It was there during that time of prayer that the Lord spoke to him and told him what to do next. Do you need to know what to do next? If you do, if you have options, if you have decisions to make, why don't you just pray? Like before you act, pray. Lord, what do we do? What do you want us to do here? And when you do that, you need to know something else. Not always will your decision be the most popular. It's not always going to be the most popular decision around. Not always will your decision benefit the majority. In this case, we know that it seems like the decision is not benefiting the majority because there's a line of people waiting for him in Capernaum. And he chooses not to go back there. And lastly, you need to know that not always will your decision make sense. I think I can testify of that in our going and coming back from Mexico. When we went, it didn't make sense. When we came back, it made less sense. But you know what we knew? We, we just knew that we were to come back. And we're still trying to figure out why. But we had to come back. It didn't make sense. It was not probably to the benefit of the majority, but it was what God wanted us to do. And in this case, Jesus makes a decision that will leave a vast group of people waiting in line. Jesus is about to disappoint quite a few people, but don't miss this. Being sensitive to the Lord's leading will always prove to be best. They will always prove to be best. In Jesus' case, it was best that he not go back for two reasons. Number one, it tells us very clearly in verse 38 that he said, let us go into the next towns. Notice what he says, that I may preach 
there also because for this purpose I have come forth. It tells us his purpose, his will, or the Father's will for him. And nothing wrong with healing people, but Jesus' main purpose, and he says it here himself, was to preach the word. That's why he came. I know I've, I've kind of harped on that a lot, but sometimes we, we, we focus on the works and we let the works substitute the word. We even do that in church sometimes. And thus there's churches where it's all about the works and the miracles and all these things and they give the word like this much priority. But works cannot substitute the word. I think that the people of Capernaum fell in love with the works and not the word. And thus it's time to go. It's, it's time to go. They're lining up for more healing, but they've already received word, but they're lining up for more healing. And he says, hey, it's time to go for the time being. I'll be back. And he will be back. That's the first reason that I think it was works over word. But the second is that God had somebody else waiting for him. God was not done with Jesus. And though there's people in need in Capernaum, there was somebody else waiting for him. Jesus will miss what's about to take place in our last section if he heads back to Capernaum. Look at what he says in verse 39. It says that Jesus is going to, he cast out many demons, as it says here, but he will also have an appointment with one poor leper. And sometimes we wonder, is it worth it? Like, is it worth leaving the line of people For that one leper, it seems like this is one of those times where you could say, yeah, it seems like that's what God wanted, and it's worth it if that's what the Lord wants. Again, sometimes being led by the Lord does not make sense. If it was a business, if you're a businessman, I spent a lot of times and a lot of years in the business world. And and if this was a business, I would say go back to Capernaum because it's going to yield the best return on your investment, right? Like, that's where all the people are at. That's where you need to go back, but that's not how God works. God will often leave us or have us leave what is seemingly successful to go somewhere else. The question is, will you obey? Will you obey? Leave what's successful to go do something else. Jesus obeys in this case, and he leaves Capernaum, but has one more thing to do. So he sought the Father. He sees the opportunities. He's sensitive to the Father's leading. And then look at this last division. It's the last, what is it, four, five, five verses. It says, now a leper, verse 40, came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and asking to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Look at that first phrase. Now, a leper came to him. Now, you have to know, and man, I wish we had more time to talk about this, but this coming to Jesus was a very risky thing to do. Lepers lived in a community outside of the city. They were not allowed to come into the city wall. Lepers had to maintain a radius of 150 feet between them and the people that were clean. They would often have to yell out unclean, unclean as they came close to somebody. 
Their family, if they had family that would still claim them, would bring them food and clothes, and they'd leave it in a kind of a a place that they would drop it off there, and then they would leave, and then the leper would come and pick it up from there. Like there couldn't be any contact. It was a lonely life. It was a humbling life, and in some ways it wasn't life at all. But that was the life of the leper. As I understand it, leprosy would often begin in the extremities of the body, in the fingers and the toes, and it would numb those places that kind of had the least amount of, of, of nerve endings. And so they, it, it would numb those things. You wouldn't be able to feel them after a while. Your fingers, your toes, your, the tip of your nose perhaps would go numb. They'd often hurt themselves. I'm sure you've heard all of this already, but they'd often hurt themselves. They'd stub a toe and they wouldn't know it. And the gangrene would begin to eat away at it. Or perhaps as they laid out in a field, a rat would come and start gnawing at their feet, at their toes, and they wouldn't know it because there was no feeling in their feet and their hands. And you know, that paints a good picture of the physical condition of this man, and yet he dares to go to Jesus. He says, I, he gets everybody out of the way, like move out of the way, I'm going to Jesus. Somehow, some way, it doesn't tell us, he heard about Jesus and he's determined to find him and he finds him and as he finds Jesus, he kneels before him begging, saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now keep in mind, This beggar uh, and this leper, I should say, has no idea what Jesus is going to do. Like most people wouldn't let him get that close. 150 feet. Don't even get close. All he knows is that Jesus can heal, but don't forget this part. See, this is a part the leper doesn't know. Jesus has left Capernaum to be here in this spot, risking leprosy to be with this man. He made a decision that seemed illogical, but it's exactly what God wanted him to do. Today, I understand leprosy is known as Hansen's disease. And we know that it doesn't spread easily. But back then, Being near a leper was like a huge no-no. They didn't know what we know now, and so you got to maintain your distance. Does that not sound familiar? But you got to keep your distance. You can't get too close. You just, you, you know, you 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 want you would not get close to this these people, and you have to ask yourself: Did Jesus really leave the success of Capernaum for this? Absolutely, absolutely, he did. The father had already told him to do so. And though it didn't make much sense, remember, he's been in prayer. The father is said to go. And so here he finds himself being sought after by a leper. And when you are led by the Lord, things come into your life and opportunities present themselves that seem just wild, that would make you want to keep your distance from it. But if God has led you there, then take advantage of it. Do it. Because Jesus could have very well just kind of gone around the guy, right? But you see, he's following the Lord. And so it's like, well, this guy's here in front of me. Perhaps I'm supposed to minister to him. 
So picture the scene, Jesus walking into the next city. It doesn't tell us where. There's a leper colony. This guy makes his way to Jesus. Jesus doesn't avoid him. Jesus lets him come close, close enough that the guy is now within that 150 feet that they weren't allowed to be. And he begins to, and he just simply asks him, if you were willing, you can make me clean. Now, what would you do? Grab your mask, right? Hand sanitizer. Honey, where's the hand sanitizer? I'm about to talk to this guy. Like, that's what we've been indoctrinated to do in the current, isn't it? Like, grab your mask, grab the hand sanitizer, Lysol, everything, but let's see what Jesus does. Look at verse 41. Then Jesus moved with compassion stretched out his hand and touched him. Are you kidding me? He touched him, he did. And not only did he touch him, he said, I am willing, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. I draw your attention to that first phrase that says he was moved with compassion. One of my favorites is Webster's Dictionary, 1828 edition. You can find it online. But I love the way that it defines old school some words. And in the Webster's 1828 dictionary, it defines the word compassion as suffering with another, as painful sympathy. I like that, painful sympathy. Or a sensation of sorrow excited by the distress or misfortunes of another. This is what's going on. Jesus saw the misfortune of this man and he could care less about a mask, about sanitizer, or about social distancing. Now, I'm, I'm not, please don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you, like, throw your mask away, get, if, throw out the hand sanitizer. I'm not, I'm not saying that. That's not my point. It was just interesting to me that what we are doing today in this case, when Jesus should have worn his mask and kept his distance and grabbed his hand sanitizer, he says, forget it for the Lord because he was being led by the Lord. He just simply put all that aside and he suffered. He sympathized and was distressed by the condition of this man. And it was that compassion that led him to do what he does next. He stretches out his hand and he touches him and he says to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Can I just add that that's exactly what the Lord did, at least I know in my life. He didn't need to stretch out his hand and touch me. If you knew who I was prior, I mean, you could compare me to this guy. But he was willing to stretch out his hand. And he's willing to do that for you as well. I find it interesting that he stretched out his hand. And, and then it just didn't stretch out his hand, but he touched him. Something that you wouldn't have done. Not only something that you wouldn't have done, but something that Jesus didn't have to do. It's John chapter 4 where Jesus heals. Remember the nobleman's son? And, and this man comes up to Jesus and he says, hey, my son is sick and, and I need you to heal him. And remember the words of Jesus to this man. He simply tells him the following, go your way, your son lives. 
And in that instant, all he had to do was say it, and the kid, he didn't even come close to the kid. And he healed him. While here, he reaches out his hand and touches him. He, he didn't have to touch him, but it's a proof text of what the Messiah came to do. He came to touch the unclean. He came to touch those who nobody else would touch. And I think he did it for two reasons. I think he did it so that he could prove to the religious system of the day that he was willing to do something that they were not willing to do. They wouldn't have done it. They were going to maintain their 150 feet. The religious system, we'll see in a minute, could only confirm the cleansing of a leper, but they would never touch him. They were only allowed to minister to them after they'd been clean, Leviticus 14. And so thus he comes, and Jesus did it to let them know that no one was beyond his reach, like he was doing things counterculture. He was doing things that nobody else would do, number one. But number two, remember who's watching all this? Do you remember who's with him? They are not mentioned once in this section, but do you remember who's with him? The disciples. And I believe that he touched this leper to be an example to them as well, to show them what a heart of compassion does because it won't be long before they're going to be faced with having to touch lepers. And remember what Peter and John do when they're walking up to the gate beautiful? Silver and gold we do not have. And they grab the man and they pick him up. I mean, that, that's what's going to happen. And here they're seeing it from him. He's being an example because at least for me, my prayer is that we would be a group of people with a heart of compassion for those that need to be cleansed. Whoever that may be within our environment, within our sphere of influence. It's, it's not enough for the pastor to have compassion. I know that's something you guys would expect of me, but it requires that we all suffer because of the misfortunes of others. That you would suffer too. Well, Jesus touches the leper. The leper is cleansed. I wonder again, my mind travels and wonders, well, how did it happen? Did he like immediately, like his fingers, the tips of his fingers start growing? Did the sores uh, just kind of leave immediately like you would see in a movie nowadays? Did like the tip of his nose just kind of start forming if he did not have a nose? I mean, it, all those things come into my mind and I wonder and I don't know that I'll ever know. I just know that it was another miracle. Now notice that he was cleansed and not healed because leprosy required a cleansing which simply means to be freed from, from this defilement. It wasn't a healing, it was a cleansing. It was a, a freeing. And, and that being said, because it was a cleansing and it was being freed from defilement, it makes sense why Jesus says what he says in our last verses. Look at what he says. Let's, I have gone long as I always do, but let's, let's just keep going. It says, and he strictly warned him in verse 43, and he sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony. Now you can write it down. It's Leviticus 14. We don't have time to look at this, at this cleansing. 14 of Leviticus will explain the entire cleansing ritual for a leper, but here's the deal and here's what you need to know. 
The cleansing of leprosy was not a common thing in this time. It's not like they were being healed all the time, which makes Jesus' decision to leave Capernaum and to minister elsewhere all that more intriguing. Like, why? Like, why go to heal this leper? It didn't happen in, in Luke chapter 27 when Jesus is teaching in Nazareth, which not a whole lot did. He's rejected. He, he said one thing. He said, many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed. None, none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. And I say that just to let you know that lepers were in abundance in Bible times, but the cleansing of lepers was not a very common thing. Like, there are very few stories of lepers being cleansed. And Jesus, on purpose, has this guy go present himself to the priest so that he could be a testimony of what was going on. Jesus wanted those in the religious circle at the temple, those that would be performing this cleansing ceremony to know that there is something going on that we have not seen. I would think that without a doubt, they're like, so how do we do Leviticus 14? Like, who's the last guy who did this? And they look around, it's like, oh, I never had to do this. Okay, we'll pull it out. Let's see what it says. Okay, we need two birds. We need a little hyssop. We have to kill one of them, and, and, and they're just trying to, they're like reading directions, right? It's like, okay, this is how you do Okay, let's do this, and let's do that, because it was not a common occurrence. And without a doubt, because Jesus had a love for them as well, he does it so that they could see that and say, man, there is something going on. Something different is taking place. Verse 45, however he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places and they came to him from every direction. This verse begins with however because it links it to what Jesus had said to the leper in verse 43. It says, hey, don't, 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 don't say anything. Don't, don't tell anyone. And this guy's so excited that he tells everyone. One pastor said the leper's told to tell no one and he tells everyone. We're told to tell everyone and we tell no one, which is very true, but I know some of you and some of you, it's not the case. You are out there and you are sharing your faith. The reason that Jesus told him not to say anything was that so, so that he could keep on ministering. So, so that he could keep on fulfilling his preaching and his teaching. Notice that's the case because it says that once people found out, Jesus could no longer openly enter the city. And that is going to be the norm for Jesus from here on out. And yet he seems to resist it because remember, his main purpose was to preach and to teach. And if he healed people, he healed them. But he was here to share the gospel. Jesus will continue to make unpopular decisions, counterculture decisions, but not in a rebellious sense. And that's what I want you to take away. Jesus' decision to leave Capernaum was not that he was being insensitive. He was not trying to be mean, not going back or telling him not to speak. It was not because he was trying to be incognito so that only some would get healed and not all. He was with the Father. He, he was receiving orders from the Father. He spent time with him in prayer and carries out 
those orders. And that's what I'd like to encourage you in today. There is power in prayer. There's power in prayer. I think the question for us is how often do we do it? Do we obey the word that says pray without ceasing? We should be those that take Jesus' pattern of seeking the Lord, considering our options, being sensitive to his leading, and finally saving the leper. When I say saving the leper, it's just a simple metaphor for, for doing that which God calls you to do. Would you agree that there's power in prayer? A lot of power in prayer. The book of Mark is one of four gospel books in the New Testament. It gives you a unique perspective from Mark's writings that may include things the other three books don't. For example, in Mark, it frequently mentions Jesus being on the move. He was intentional during his three years of ministry and didn't waste any time. He was purposeful in what he did. Jesus knew his time was limited before things with the religious leaders would get to a boiling point. So he wanted to reach as many lost people as possible during those years of ministry. Do you sense a limited amount of time to reach people in this day and age? There isn't an endless amount of time before Jesus returns. Many people are lost in the world and need a savior. You could be God's messenger to the people around you. There should be a sense of urgency to tell people about Jesus. At some point, it'll be too late. And that neighbor or friend really needs to know Jesus. We trust this time you spent in the Word today has been fruitful here at New Spring Radio. Our desire is for you to grow in your love and knowledge of God's Word. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from the book of Mark, feel free to find them at calvarynewspring.com. Just look under the Messages tab. If you'd like to get to know Pastor Hector a little more, you can find information about him on our website too, calvarynewspring.com. That's all the time we have for today's edition. But come back to hear more from Pastor Hector in the book of Mark on New Spring Radio.